Go. Getting ready to go in. Three, two, one. Hi, and welcome. Welcome back to Alternative Perspectives with Naldo, right here. And we have Sule Joseph today, of Sule Joseph and Associates. He's a counseling psychologist, specialized in dealing with children. And families. And well, families and children, yes. And coming out of the pandemic, well, we're nearly out of it, you would say, um, where schools are getting ready to open back, children are, are getting ready to go, to head off to school to do exams and whatnot. Um, we wanted to touch with Sule today to find out how these children could cope in terms of dealing with the exams, having been down for a few months and now having to get back up and go, head back out there um, for the SCA students, for the students who would be doing um, CSEC, CAPE, and these things. And then also we want to touch with them to find out what is going to happen with the younger ones when they go back out to school after five months home. Right? So let's see where the, the pressing matter at hand right now, Mr. Joseph. Um, mm -hmm. Children who are getting ready for SEA. Right, now I don't want to sound like I'm ranting on your program, but before mm. I get into that, there are something there's something that I wanted to actually um, use as a as as um what do you call it? Uh, precursor to the discussion. Okay. And for a while now, I have had a stance that SEA should not exist. Okay. Right? Um, I believe that it is almost an academically abusive system that um, structures children into streaming, a school streaming type structure system, educational system, that has not proven to be the best for the country. Right? Um, you would have you know, had some time ago, we have seen some people protesting and rioting and that kind of thing and so on, frustrated with inequalities. And this type of educational system with the SEA helps fuel that kind of inequality and that, that kind of system. Okay. Because the people who have less access to certain types of resources usually do poorly at, at, at SEA, are streamlined into schools that are poorly funded, have poor resources, don't necessarily have what the other schools that might be streamlined in a particular direction have. And so they already get a head start at life. They are the ones generally who parents already have money and are in, in good jobs and so on and that kind of thing. And, and I think it's a system that perpetuates inequality to begin with. Okay. I, I am a strong advocate right, for, for, for eradicating the, the SEA structured system. Okay, so um, I want to pitch something to you here. Um, in Grenada, mm -hmm. for instance, because of the pandemic, they didn't have their version of SEA mm -hmm. this year. They took the results from, let's say, standard one to standard three combined, and then the, the results from standard four, standard five, but they call it grade. They grade it differently, right, but yeah, basically, yeah, they, they used the marks that the children would have used or would have um, gathered going to school, going to primary school, to choose what school they would have attended. How you feel? So you're saying we should go to something like that? Um, actually, I'm saying that we should not reinvent the wheel. We should look at systems that exist that are very successful. And, and for that, we'll I'll turn to Finland. Okay. And in Finland, what they do essentially is they, they, they zone you. So ed educational is, education is zonal. Mm. Now, but but that will also require having good schools in each zone. So, correct. What it means, therefore, is that the child from Arima whose parents went to, uh, I don't know, 
convent or something mm -hmm. or some prestige school in Port of Spain, mm -hmm. and they have resources or the child from Baltain, right? Um, who now has to send their child to, let's say, a school in Curep, because mm -hmm. Curep is the closest school or Mount Hope. Right. Mm -hmm. What, exactly. was, what was Mount Hope Junior Second, mm -hmm. now Mount Hope Secondary, and a child from Valsin, parent from Valsin, has to send the child there. What now? Then what you're going to find is you're going to find those parents pumping resources into the school. Oh, okay. You're going to find, you're going to find, all right, so you're going to find now, it's going to take a, a restructuring of the system because now teachers should also come from within, closest to the environment of the, of, of the school as well. So that the teachers will understand, better understand, the culture the, school, the students are coming from. So when you take a child, let's say for example, a, a teacher for example, and you bring the teacher from um, Shogunas, Penal, South. And then you bring them to Mokarapo or Success. Right? Um, and this is not necessarily to be, to be racist, but ethnicity has to come and play into the mix. Right? And you bring an East Indian teacher, let's say from Penal, who is accustomed to having, um, when, she, when, she, when she says to the students, this is the homework, everybody does the homework, they bring it back and everybody rushing to, 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 to show Miss the homework in the morning. When she says sit, everybody sits. But when you bring Miss from Penal and you send her, you know, not much teaching experience straight out of college, and you send her to Success Laventil, and not to knock the school, I have done plenty of work in Success, there are brilliant students there, but the culture is very different. Mm -hmm. And now this teacher is not familiar with the culture. She's not from around the area. She has to travel very far in the morning. It means she has to get up early. She already stressed having just mm -hmm. to get to work. So when she says, this is the homework, and most of the students don't do it, that's not a culture she's accustomed to. How does she deal with that? She's frustrated and she's stressed. Mm -hmm. She can't relate to the structure. When, when, when she said, well, why people didn't do the homework? Well, we didn't have no current. Unless we do have current on a Wednesday, you should know that. <laughs> you, know, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so that is the culture of the, of, the, of the neighborhood and the environment and so on. So I've always advocated as well that teachers should come from the area. Teachers should be familiar with, with um, the needs of the area, the culture, and so on. And it helps with connecting with the students and with the students being able to connect with the, with the, with the, with the teacher as well. So that it, it, it will call for a total restructuring of how we view the education system. Um, no more of this prestige, this and this prestige, that and so on or whatever. But don't you think but that because the country we live in, and let's be real, we have mm -hmm. a country that kind of capitalist mentality, I think more, we'll find more private schools popping up, I think, because the people who don't want their children to go to those mm -hmm. schools in the first place, they'll say, no, I, I send them a child there. And then obviously it will have... Um, over subscription to the private schools. So to, to the um, SAC and the Northgate and, and these schools. Great. So then. Great. So we have smaller numbers of students in the public schools, smaller classrooms. And so the teachers, could, see, teachers could focus on teaching students on one on one. Um, great. Okay. I, 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 I mean, I, I definitely <laughs> need to put all, all sides you know, to the table. Mm. All right. Um, so, all right. So that's how you feel about the SEA. Situation. Yeah, yes. So yes. now that because, for instance, we have different situations here. I have an I have a nephew who's doing SEA and his teacher only stopped or gave them a rest last week. So just about two weeks before they go back out of school, uh, they haven't stopped since April, right? Um, and now he's going back in again, and next full month. It, do you think that burnout is possible? 
with students like that? Well, let me answer. Short answer to that question is yes. Long answer to that question is the burnout has not started, didn't start this year. Based on how our system is structured, we prepare students for exams from standard one. Mm. From standard one. So they have to they have national tests and things, right? So we get them in an exam thinking mode. So what, what the end result is, we create a bag of nerves and students who cram and prepare and rush and so on for an exam. And we have an exam-oriented culture in education. So it is not learning for the purpose of learning mm -hmm. for self-development, but learning for the self-preparation for the same. Right. And I mean, I have my, my reservations when it comes to, to exams and, and, and uh, academic work because of that. I think a lot of people learn for exams. They actually can't... Um, Bring these things into real life. They can't critical thinking. Yeah. Quite, yeah. So when, yeah. You, when you when you to become critical, critical thinkers is something totally different. Mm -hmm. And our system does not is not geared towards generating critical thinkers. So when you look at the U.S., we like to follow the U.S. for all the wrong things. The U.S. system generates critical thinkers. So you will find a lot of inventors and people coming out coming up with solving issues and so on. We don't do that. Our system is geared towards, and that would be all the way back to maybe even if you can consider slavery, our, our system is geared towards generating our workforce. Right. And our workforce that is to work for somebody. Mm -hmm. So that is what our system is geared towards. So after you rush and prepare for exams, you rush and prepare for exams, you rush and, next thing you know you find yourself in a stream and the only thing you're going to is heading towards somebody else's job to work for them. Mm -hmm. Right? And the chances are the persons who you're heading to work towards, they won't under the same pressure. They won't under the same pressure you under. They know their family have money. They know this. They think they wasn't. They're not stressing as much as you were stressing. You know, they, they, it might so, have been a situation where they get two passes and know <laughs> again. And, and then your boss, right there. <laughs> right. So, um, yes, very much so. Very much so. Since since standard one, we have been pushing our students towards exams, and so with the national test, we have standard one, standard three, and then SEA. Um. While it may not originally have been for that, for that purpose, because originally I believe the national test was supposed to not be for the students, but to see where the, if the teachers are able to teach the content properly right. to, to the students and so on. It's no longer, now you have students in standard one going to lessons. Mm -hmm. So you're going to lessons in standard one. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> right? So they can do better in the test. You're going to lessons in standard three, so you can do better in the test, and then you're pushing your hard for this SEA. Um, I... <laughs> I, I, def I definitely think we need to shift from that system. Okay. They put a lot of undue pressure on the students, on the children. They put a lot of undue pressure. Even parents, because parents now convinced that if your child don't do well in SEA, you ruin your whole child life. Well, yeah, because, I mean, and then we have parents who, who live and who base their, their existence on what, what school their child passes for in SEA. But that's a, again, that's the culture. Mm -hmm. The culture is the parents must be proud to say, well, yeah, my children so and so convent, or my mm -hmm. child going so and so, you know, college or whatever, you know. No, I think the whole system, what it also does, it puts the children who aren't able to function under pressure in a kind of disadvantage because, you know, it has some children who are real bright, exceedingly bright, but once they sit down in an exam room, you understand? They, for some reason, they would freeze up. So um, do you think that that might help children like that in a case? Like, removing that whole SEA idea. 
giving them more time to develop mm -hmm. might be able to, to, to function better under pressure at a later stage in their life? Well, well yes. Um, even more so. Einstein said, testing, testing, a, testing a, 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 a monkey and, and a wheel. Oh, no, a monkey and yeah, a wheel, I think it was. A monkey and a wheel. By climbing a tree, the wheel will always fail. Mm. Right? It doesn't mean that the wheel is, is foolish, is incompetent, or cannot learn. It just means that the test is biased towards the monkey. Right. And we have some persons who are very good at chalk and talk. And chalk and talk is our main technique, mm. which is going on the board, writing down information, the children write it down, and then regurgitate it. Right? Um, as a matter of fact, in sociology, we call that the jug and mug theory, the principle. If they pour the information into the student, the student regurgitate the information just as they get it. Mm. So one point and one point mm. out, and that's it. No added information, no mm. assessment of the information, none of that. And some are good at doing that, and some have to stop and process. Some people might stop and say, but no, this ain't making sense to me. I can't see why, you know. And we will then, these test scores will say of this person who is attempting to be a critical thinker, that they're not intelligent. And the person who could just follow instructions, jump when they say jump and fall when they say fall, will show high, high marks. And they may say, you know, this person is, is highly intelligent based on our current system. So our current system is what is at fault for identifying and labeling children incorrectly. Because the, the system does not capture the various intelligences that students have. So even if we give it time, time may not be the different, differentiating factor because we have differences of, 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 um, of intellect. Mm -hmm. We have some people who are geniuses with their hands. You send them to make something, and in no time, they just look at it, and they make it. Mm -hmm. Is that person a fool? Is he, is he not intelligent because the talk and talk doesn't work for that person? You know what I mean? Um, is the person who has a perfect tone, who could hear music and know it one time off the bat? Is that person a fool because they, they, you know, they, slow, they, they take them longer to calculate math? So then let me ask you this. Do you think that? Creativity is something that, that a child is born with. Do you think, you know, that, the, that creative gene is something that a child is born with? Because, I mean, I, I was telling somebody the other day. Imagination. Think, I think children are definitely right. born with imagination. Be because the thing is, a creative child will always have a difficult time of, um, competing with an academic child, a child yeah. who is academically inclined. Because I know, I think they say one has more logistical skills and one have, you know, more creative skills or something like that? Do you think that that is real? Do you think it, that... Well, I think, I think there's a misnomer. All children are academically inclined. All. It's like everybody could do math, mm -hmm. right? Some just naturally adapt at it just because um, chemistry, brain, brain chemistry and so on and, and proclivities, some children just spring to it faster than others. Also teaching style. So I would use a perfect example of myself, right? Um, I, I did math three times, right? Um, the first time I did it, I made zero to little effort at all, right? <laughs> I, I, I had, I, I, um, I, my math teacher, brother, <laughs> right? The math teacher used to come in class and say, Sule, assume the position. <laughs> that position is outside the class, right? <laughs> so, so. The first time I wrote math, I made zero effort. I made no effort. I guessed through the, math, the multiple mm. choice, and I did a little bit in the, in the long paper. And, and then I got four. I said, but wait. 
a trees are passed, and I mean, I got yeah. four, and I did absolutely nothing, then, you know, and not as bad as I thought. And it took, I, I met a, a, a gentleman who was not that much older than I was, um, but he started to, uh, as a matter of fact, he was a math teacher, an Indian gentleman from the Queasy, mm. right? You saw, yeah, so, yeah, yeah from right the Queasy, right, yeah. right there, the And um, he started to explain math to me in a way that I just never, it's like I said, I see the matrix. Mm. You know, it became practical. Now. So you say, hold this, hold that. And then he started giving me things in my hand to hold while he's talking and explaining and so on and that. And that's why I just never saw it like this. Mm. You know what I mean? And, so, and, yeah, I understand. So, so he came to me at a level where that, that it made sense to me. And so it became practical to me. And in my mind, it made sense to me. And so I went back at it. And um, this, the second time, I got a two. But I went back at math again because I said, well, mm. If I understand it so well, I want a one. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So yeah, yeah. It, 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 is, it is that I think it is not that persons are necessarily not inclined, but it's just the, the level. You know, you know, you know it, it, it just takes a different technique right. of teaching some children um, for them to be able to process and assess the information different. All right. Um, now, jumping into the younger ones, mm. because definitely we have the younger ones that are, would have been home. A lot of them probably not even engaged because mm -hmm. not all the teachers were doing online classes or sending work. Um, I've gotten a lot of uh, reports of those things, right? Um, but there'd be some teachers say that's not a job, that's, oh. you know, they didn't have a computer, whatever. The right? argument was that it was optional. Eh? I mean, they asked teachers to do it. Yeah. Uh, not, so, not mandated. Right. So um, for them, boom, five months. I mean, I, I, that's something that most of them would have never experienced before. Mm -hmm. Once they reach probably about three years old, you would have never right. stayed home for five months right. before you're back in a class. Correct. What do you think, how do you think that would impact um, them and the teachers going forward? Forward, all right. Um, let's just see this example here. You ever played Call of Duty? A, a little bit, just a bit. Just a little bit, all right, mm. good. So you played, you introduced to Call of Duty. You played it the first time you ever, the first time you played, you, you, most people not real adept at it. There's a lot, a lot of buttons you mm. have to memorize and so on and that kind of thing. And so you get better the more you play it. Mm. Right? So you, but what happens if you take, let's say, while getting better, you take a five-month sabbatical? It takes five months off yeah, of yeah, I mean, not playing any kind of... Yeah, not, not playing you'll any get rusty, you'll get rusty. Mm -hmm. Correct. Now, what happens if you take five months off, you get rusty, and at the end of that five months, you have a tournament? Yeah, well then, <laughs> you're definitely going to be... Because one of the major concerns <laughs> so people have is that the children now be moving into a new class. Right. Right? Um, not finishing the last syllabus, um, and then moving up. So do you think it's a matter the teachers will need to go back and just go back through the, the, the previous syllabus, but it be quickly, and then catch up? I mean, or are some teachers going to say, well, boy, I know I work, and I come here to teach standard three work, I teach in standard three work. Well, I can't speak to the mindset of the teachers. I, I can, but, but what I can speak to um, would be what the, what, what the research and what, what books, the textbooks have said about the children's mind. And while a child's mind is very elastic, yeah, it, it stretches mm. and so on, 
Yo, so I remember that children's um, attention span and um, retention information, retention and thing is, is a bit short. Right. Right? So you can do the average child, you do work with them in the morning, and by the time you talk to them in the evening about the work they did in the morning, they don't forget. There's five months. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And at the end of the five months, you are asking them to, after five months and not playing Call of Duty, you're asking them now to join a tournament and win. Because I, I think that could add some frustration to these, of course, to these younger ones. I, of course. And, and level stress. Because now you're asking them to compete against other people like themselves who, who may not be prepared. Some persons might be, you might have, mm. you know, some children who come from very structured backgrounds where the parents make them do work right, during the, during the, during yeah. the period. Um, but then, then there's another issue to consider within that. Um, that is that that would have been five or six months where you, you remember when you prepare for exam, our culture, while you might be doing lessons all the time, when the exact period there's a time frame where the exam come in, where you drop all co uh, extracurricular activities, yeah. your your tunnel vision, and everything becomes about this exam. I relate that to our fight or flight response. You know when you're doing bio or, or, or integrated science, they talk about a fight or flight, right? They talk about the fight or flight response. And what it basically means is um, when your body is pumped with adrenaline, mm -hmm. naturally, right? Your body started pumped with adrenaline um, and other chemicals and so on. Cortisol, which is a stress hormone. Um, your your Pause might raise and you enter into a fight or flight response. One or two things happen. You either fight and the pump blood that pump into your heart is to help you move quicker and so on, your muscles limber up and so on. Or it does the same thing but in preparation for, for you to run for your life. <laughs> right? But it's a heightened state of arousal. Mm -hmm. When we go into exam mode, it's something almost similar like that happens where you get into this tunnel vision. Things slow down and so on and you, you get into this heightened sense of functioning. But we're not designed as human beings to do that over a long, extensive period. Right, right. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be for short periods, and it has been designed so for survival. Yeah. Right? So you hyper focus, you learn things, you do that for the period that you. For this, this period, the average human being is just not designed to be like that 24 7. Yeah, yeah, to continuously, yeah, to be like that. I mean, definitely, you will, you, there will be some level of burnout. And I mean, when you, I understand the mood you're talking about, because most times, whatever you do in that mood, sometimes when you finish, you're like, wait, well, I don't believe I did, you know, all that in, you know, in that period of time. It's like an assignment. Mm. I am certain at some point in your schooling years, you would have left an assignment till last, last minute. minute. <laughs> and when your body kicked into that yeah, zone, yeah, yeah. you up whole night <laughs> straight into the morning, you just go in at it. Until you finish with the assignment. Yeah. And then you watch it and you say, yeah, I, yeah, I produced this. this. Yeah, I I produce this. Yeah. But the thing is, when you're done, is when you feel relaxed and you know your stress mm. drop and thing, you're like, yeah. But could you imagine doing that assignment for five months straight? I <laughs> 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 just saying. <laughs> right? Five months straight, you focused on this assignment and you push it. You level of burnout is crazy. That kind of level of burnout could cause burnout. Or could cause anxiety type, right. um, anxiety type re related mental stresses on the day. So what you could happen, what could have happened is a ch child goes totally blank on the day. Right. Mm -hmm. Total blank, and that total blank would be just because that level of stress and anxiety that would have been a build up over that long period 
could cause just a total breakdown. All right. So considering that most children would have, especially the ones who are in SEA, they would have been fully prepared. Because remember the place locked down basically mm -hmm. a week before SEA, right? Mm -hmm. But I mean, some people kept their children engaged. Some of them let them relax. Moving forward, just about a month ago before SEA, how or what do you think parents should do? Do you think they should let them know, well, okay, go through, go, go light, ease up, you know, like for instance, um, as I, I go back to my nephew, we were saying hey, the other day, we were saying, let me go five islands, five islands, we'll mark up new five islands, there we go, and, hide, and my sister, nah, mm -mm, after SEA, and I, my thing was, nah, let them go and just freeze out, let, you know, get the stress out. So, That's not what I'm, yeah, I'm being a more relaxed state yeah. when that time reached. So, how do you feel about that? Um, I don't have the research to comment on that, to say specifically if um, doing activities that reduce stress and so on prior to it will make a big difference. I don't have the numbers and I don't have. So if I speak on that, I'm speaking mm -hmm. purely from my perspective and not necessarily from, right. mm -hmm. from a, a back psychological stance, right? Um, for me, though, um, I would reduce, I would try as much as possible to reduce the strenuousness and the stress of the, um, the, the exam and, and, and the tension of the time frame. If I would have the child totally relaxed in a state where, like, it's vacation, maybe, maybe not, but not, not under that level of pressure and stress and frustration. You're talking about children who are 10 and 11 years here, right? Um, with that amount of pressure and, and stress on children, you can get what you call um, education, education fatigue or burnout. Okay. Where you find you know, the child is doing so well in, in, in primary school and, or so well in secondary school, and when they get to university, they're done. Mm. They're, just, they're just fed up. They're had enough. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah. I understand what you're talking about. Yeah. While, um, while we're on the topic, Things like TikTok and these social media things that they would have been having their way with over this period of time. What is your take on that? Leave them, let them do what they have to do. Not necessarily SEA children, but the younger ones. Leave them, let them TikTok or the ones who might be in secondary school and not ready for uh, CSEC yet. Leave them, let them TikTok or we should be trying to cut down that, that screen time. That is a matter of parenting yes? and, 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 and parenting decisions for the parents to make. Each child is different. You ought to know your child. Um, you have some children who can self-regulate very well. I was not one. <laughs> um, you have children who need a parenting figure to, to regulate them. If my mother let me go online for two days, three days straight, I was going online for two, three days straight. That's yours. Right? So I, I, needed, I needed a regulator. Mm -hmm. So you ought to know your child. What I can tell you about short snippet videos, like at one point there was Vine. That was right, a big yeah. thing. TikTok has now come and replaced Vine. Mm -hmm. But those type of short snippet videos, what they do is over time they help reduce the attention span. So what it does is it, give, it gives hyper focus for short periods. So, so children now only want to see things that are very active, colorful, bright, and short. Right. At one point, if I could have gotten um, a cliff notes of, of a book, I wouldn't read the book and I say the cliff notes, but the cliff notes is 30 something pages. Yeah, the, the average child now, the way they function based on TikTok and thing, if it's not half a, half a minute, yeah, yeah, they yeah. don't want to see it. So they want to, cliff notes too long. No, <laughs> the thing is, 
No, I've been. This is a. I, this is one thing that based on perspective, and obviously mm -hmm. we know going into our next generation, yeah, mm -hmm. seeing these things. So I think that we can't really determine how it will go. Right now, people mm -hmm. have done different studies and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But my thing is this: if we leave them to do what they have to do for their generation, rather than we try to force the way our generation operated. So, in, I mean, things different. If you understand what I'm saying, mm -hmm. they are going into a different generation. They're going to have to deal with people who have that shorter attention mm -hmm. span than we trying to say, no, this is not good for you. You shouldn't have all the screen time while other children get any screen time. And then they'll be in a different world. Let's be real. So you could end up, you think you're saving a child, but then the child is in a world of children who had unlimited screen time. But let me, let, me, let, me, let me throw this at you then. Parenting in general, right? Mm -hmm. We parent based on how we were parented. Right. Right? Which is awful, but... <laughs> I mean, we had a, it had all, it have a book. Right, yeah. There's mm -hmm. no text. So, and, and nobody could argue that point because that's the truth. If, even if there's something that you say you will not do, you're not doing it because your parent did it to you now. Mm -hmm. Right? So you're saying, <laughs> my mother used to cut my mm -hmm. tail up along the place, bust my ass, blah, 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 blah. And I am not going to, you know, I'm, mm. I'm not going to hit my child. But you're not going to do it because of your, how your parents parented you. Right, yeah. Right? And which it might have been necessary at some point, but uh, then you didn't do it because you didn't want you, to. Exactly. Care. So you, based on how your parents are parented, you shapes a whole lot of how you go to parent your child. You can say, you know, some of these things work for me, and I turn out just fine, so you're going to do that on, on your child. Right? Um, my dad didn't really give much licks and stuff however, but when a man tell you something emotionally, <laughs> you feel like you're broken inside, <laughs> you, know? you know what I mean? And, and, and so, um, based on, on, on how I have, I have grew up, I don't think I'm, I may hit my children, but you know, I know by the time I get them, my tongue lashing, mm. you know, they might feel to pack up, you know? Mm. So it is, it's, it's, I would say it is based on how you were parented. And so, I wouldn't knock the people, persons too much on who um, don't want their children engaging so much in so much um, contact hours with screens because that's not how they were parented. Mm -hmm. If they were parented well, a lot of going outside and things, then they will encourage their children to go outside more. One of the things that we are losing, though, I will say, is that we are losing um, that connectivity, that face-to-face -face connection. And imagine we had COVID, and the issue with a lot of students was not that they're not seeing their bedroom, you know, because mm. they're accustomed to that. Mm. They're accustomed FaceTiming, they're accustomed WhatsApp phone call, mm. and that was normal for them. Mm. The issue is that they couldn't go online outside. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, yeah, can, yeah. they can go to movie tongue and they can mm. do these things, but the communication aspect of it, they have been prepared for COVID apparently all their life. <laughs> which, which is, I mean, because, I, like, they I was telling my, my, young, my younger daughter, I was like, do you know that we were born before Google? And she, listen, she couldn't believe that. She thought Google was here from the beginning of time. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I remember when Google came here. Yeah. yeah, so Google and Facebook. Yeah, mm. these things came while we were already big. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I was in university. Yeah, so, you know, it, 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 that's just a perspective. You know, it, it could be very funny. And for me, I tend to look at things as, as far ahead as I can. So mm. I wouldn't be rubbing... Um, my younger ones of opportunities because I'm just trying to stick to, to what I know. So I try to tell, no, my thing home is, you have a phone, 
right? My both daughters have phones. Mm-hmm. Um, don't ever tell me you don't know something. Better you tell me, well, you can't find the information. But your phones, if I ask a question and you don't know, go on Google. Google. Right? And tell my little daughter, I will tell you, when, if her mother says something and, well, I don't know, she said, well, mommy, Google it. You understand? And she is eight years old. So, you understand what I'm saying? So, that is why, I, I, for me, I am not too hard on them at screen time. I must say, both of them like going outside, interacting, going by their cousins, having a time. So, we don't have to actually regulate that with them. They still, you know, that's... Self-regulate? Yeah. They so, self-regulate. So, I don't know, you have to know your child. How you're dependent on how your child... Yeah, each child is different. You don't have to do that with yours. Yours, mm-hmm. some children, you might have to say, all right, enough of that now. Time to go outside or go and check so and so. I, you wouldn't believe I, I have parents who bring their children, their teenage children to me because they want to do is play game holy every day. Nothing else. For this whole five months, no homework, no nothing, nothing. Game. Yeah, but I mean, no, not saying that it's okay, but let's just look at the guy who won the Fortnite thing and how much you like five million US dollars or something like that. Everybody always bring it up as like no, I mean, it, it, it's, it's yeah. a reality, right? right I mean right. There, there is money to make to be made from, from gaming. Right. Um so there's, sh- there's money to be made from Lotto. True. You know? But I think you have more control of the game now. If 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 we have any problem with gaming and reality, we're not good at the game. I mean like, the game. Take it off. <laughs> make it no sense. <laughs> but if I see has some potential in it, because I mean, that child could end up becoming a developer. Well, that is that is what a lot of children argue that they want to be developers, but or at least professional game players. So they play, you know, playing games for a living and so on. But that requires a little bit more than just liking to play game and not mm-hmm. willing to get up because. To, to, to get to that level of developer, to get to that level of professional game player, you kind of had to get up and stop playing him at some point yeah, and go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so, so, so to me, you have to look at, okay, are, is this something that you love or are you an addict? Right. Right? So, and there's a thin line because there's a thin line between, between people who are obsessed with something mm-hmm. and an addict, having an addiction. Because I think the people who are obsessed are usually the people who change the field. Okay. You know, they go into it and they change whatever because you're obsessed with this. You want to know every aspect, every... But when you have an addiction, it's something like... It's a craving. You just have to do this. And right, that's, right. everything else don't matter to you. You just have to do it. It's not, you're not looking to improve, change. You know, a heroin addict ain't looking to make the recipe better. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so tell me something. What, you know, is, is there a way we can identify, you know, um, those traits? Like, you know... But it'd be a here in nature and say, no, boy, this could be better, or they should have done this, or, or it just, just sit down. Is there ways we could identify that? Um, I'm certain that they have, I'm certain they have tests that could be developed, psychological assessments that could be developed to, to, to check, you know, um, off the top of my head right now, there are some um, guidance assessment tools that are used for um, career, uh, career assessments. So you check to see what what are your children's proclivities or you know their propensities, what they like, what they're good at, um, you know what comes naturally to them, that sort of thing, based on their personality. And out of that, you know, you, you get a, a line of things. Um, it would be nice if within that, if you know you like gaming and thing, and, and you find that um, it, the the IT 
IT technology, you know, the, info, the mm. information technology industry is, is part of your choice. Developing is part of your choice. But to see a specific test to see if a child is an addict or, uh, mm. you know, just obsessed, I can't think of one currently off the top of my head. Uh, there probably there's a, probably an inventory for addiction maybe you can try. Okay. So this is one of the major ones that I want to hit you and we'll look to wrap it up very soon. Mm -hmm. But I had to touch on this topic. Hold on. Hit that. The, the Trinidad movement, the, the music, <laughs> the influence that it's having. Um, you mean this is Mount Zion? Well, yeah. <laughs> 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 or 19 or 17 or whatever it was but the thing is mm -hmm. what is your take on it do you think that the music is having some sort of influence on the youth today and um even families and when i say music we'll deal with local we'll deal with international do you think it is adding to the degradation of, of families and the minds of society <sighs> all right let me start by saying this. YouTube or wherever I am, I'm not sure where you put it. I listened to the Trinidad movement, Rebel Six, Rest in Peace, K Lion, BIL, Belmont is Love, Rest in Peace, my brother. Right. So I do listen to it. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I don't listen to it 24 7. I find we have some interesting artists, the fella coming out of Arima, um, Zevi. Zevi. Mm -hmm. You know, pretty, pretty alright as well. So I mean, I, I, I listen to, you know, I, I listen to some artists. Swan, Dan, mm. uh, you know, Meds Boss has some alright songs. Jalano, uh, ooh, a big Jalano fan. Mm. So um, we have there's, there's there's some good music. Now, having said that, again, I bring this down to parenting. Alright, I am an adult. Usually, in especially in males. Yes, your brain development continues developing from teenage years until you reach about 25. Okay. And that's why you'd see in, like, in, with insurance agents and so on, um, your premium usually goes, is up a, a certain percentage up until about 25. And after mm. 25, right. Because you're, you're, as, a, as a man, up to age 25, your brain is still developing. And you find you start to now make more mature and, um, you know, logical type yeah, decisions. Better, yeah, better, yeah, make yeah. better decisions and so on. After your brain has developed, because the, the, the part of the brain that is still developing is your frontal lobe where you use for processing and making those type of decisions, wearing consequence against desire and that kind of thing. What Freud calls your id, your ego, and your super ego. Right? Your id is the impulses, what you want to do. When you're a teenager, you're just doing it. Right. Mm. You want to skinny dip, you're skinny dipping. Mm. Right? You want to post half naked pictures up on, on, on Instagram or um, on your WhatsApp status, you're doing it. Right? The ego is um, that rationalized thought that says, you know, you should, maybe you shouldn't do this, right? right. And the, the, that's the one that's coming down, going to be coming down harsh, like the parental voice, mm -hmm. coming down harsh on you. And then the super ego is like society, societal expectation. That's the middle, the middle ground, mm -hmm. right? So maybe you could put up a half naked picture yourself, but only show it to your friends now, <laughs> block everybody else, <laughs> you know? Wait, your close friends <laughs> Yeah, your close friends list, you yeah. know? Um, As I said, let's come down to parenting. Let's come down to parenting because when we identify that children's brains have not fully developed, then you can be somewhat influenced um, by what you consume. 
And so just as so if when you consume a lot of fatty foods and things or whatever, chances are you're going to, even if you don't put on a set of weight, your cholesterol going to go up right. and so on, you are what you eat. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, if you find yourself at a client recently, a very moody individual, and this particular client um, was a teenager, and they were obsessed with Eminem. The artist? Yes. How do you know how that client? Who was Eminem? That was my question. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the guy was about 16. So I was like, Eminem, we know about Eminem. <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, we get a little argument because he thought, he, you know, he say Eminem is the best rapper ever. And I kind of had to school him a bit, but anyway. <laughs> um, he was listening to Eminem, and he was able to, because he felt as though he related a lot to a lot of the pain and things that came in Eminem's songs. And they rap. And so I'm saying you are what you consume. And, and if you consume that, even if you find yourself relating a little bit to it, somehow what you consume affects and it impacts you, even if it doesn't make, even if you don't go out there and kill and shoot people. It plays and it imprints on your mind. Right? And because my thing is, was this, right? When you hear, if a boy violates, speaks up the trick, listen, I really don't know the words, <laughs> I've been honest. When that got popular, I was like, go on. So anyway, but when you hear, if a boy violates, speaks up the trick, if a boy disrespects, whatever, whatever. My thought process is, you know, instead of somebody having a different when something happens, somebody really violates them as they think or how they think mm -hmm. they shouldn't mm -hmm. be violated. And their first thought process would go to what is indoctrinated in them, which is the, that music. Now, mm -hmm. I also acknowledge that if you're a parent, if you're parented differently, right, you get a different reaction. That's why I'm saying parents, right. Right? But so now, my argument has been why I think this music is poor. Is a portrait of music right now in this country because I think we have a, a serious lack of good parenting mm -hmm. um, in the country, and as a result, we have more impressionable minds or minds that will probably be looking for, 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 for something to digest and they will digest all the wrong things. If that's the best way. Well, let me put it to you this way: when when we were in school, mm -hmm. right, um, BMX was the order of the day. Right. Mm -hmm. DMX wasn't talking about loving your neighbor. And well, yeah, but, <laughs> and but to be fair, here is different. When, when 50 Cent came out and 50 mm -hmm. Cent was the order of the day, 50 wasn't talking about, you know, um, selling stock and trading and, 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 you know, being the best human being they possibly can be, you know. And, and so for every generation, when you had um, the NWRA, mm -hmm. even back then, you know, um, it, it, it was it was a that whole song F the police or right, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, no but my thing is this right um, I think parenting was much different then I think yeah. they instilled way more val values and morals in us and let me be real back then mm -hmm. if I was listening to DMX CD mm -hmm. and my mother happened to, to take the headphone from me and put it on and realize there's cussing going on. She pelt in with the headphone, this month, the CD, point. you will get some slap. Point, point. Right? But no, you have children. I think my mother broke mine. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? You have children walking around in communities, walking through the houses. You have in the homes, the music is being played and it's being played uncensored. It's being, you understand the difference? So even though you kind of knew that, here, I listen to this, you know, 
but my mother and my parents <laughs> are accepting of it. Yeah, it's not, it's not accepted. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not necessarily a good thing. Now, where it seems to be acceptable also, I think now we have more in our face the gang-like, the gang-like style. We're much closer to it than back then. I mean, back then, I mean, I had no bad boy thing when I was in, in, in secondary school, but in the entire class, I didn't have much people who knew about mm -hmm. that gang life and that gangster thing. So, but now, nearly everybody, nearly everybody knows some gangster. Nearly everybody knows somebody to a gun. Nearly everybody mm -hmm. knows somebody who is dealing up in some sort of illicit activity. So, they, they, they could relate it easier. I think that is the difference between then and now. Well, part of what we have to look at is that this movement has been born out of a frustrated society. Okay. So, the musicians from here, they're singing about their communities. So, like, for example, when Rebel Six was singing about the stresses and things, you think about St. Paul Street? Mm -hmm. You think about all the issues that are going on in St. Paul Street? Who's the boss for St. Paul Street? Um, what murders would have occurred in St. Paul Street, a fight or this or whatever, fallouts and so on. Very real things for their community, right? Um, even though when they interviewed them and they said, well, you know, I wouldn't really, I'm mean, singing it, but I wouldn't really handle a situation like that and so on or whatever, but they are singing out, are born out of the frustrations of their community. I think that needs to be understood in every generation. There's, a, there's new music that the older generation does not necessarily appreciate or think is appropriate for that generation. Mm. Right? In my mother's generation, I was Sparrow and, 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 and them men, and my grandmother couldn't stand Sparrow, <laughs> and they're too slack and dirty, mm -hmm. and you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, and so, same thing as you say, my mother never had a probably sneak to listen to a little Sparrow here mm. and that kind of thing and so on. Um, but for every generation, there is that. There's this gap of, of understanding. Bumble rap, I cannot understand it mm. to save my life. Right? Trap music, I find, is killing the art form of rap. And so, but that's my opinion. And when I speak to the youth now, I, I mean, I have, have to listen to it because that's what they relate to. That's what they understand. That's what they appreciate and so on. Um, I agree with you that parenting has changed. I think it has changed greatly, I guess, because of media. And again, because... TV now parenting children. Mm -hmm. So when that brings back to your part when you talk about monitors and, and screen time and so on. I think a lot of screens parent children more than parents are parenting children now. Um, you know, your parents have to work double, triple shift on them kind of thing, father not around or whatever. And so you really have a lot of screens now parenting children as opposed to parents. The other issues you have a lot more children parenting children. <laughs> right? Um, and whereas that would have been a common thread Long, long ago, they were more firm and firm on the values. They had less interrupting factors um, affecting children or uh, different competing um, aspects for consumption. So, for example, you didn't have the internet feeding your certain set of information. They didn't have access so readily to pornographic material. They didn't have access so readily to... Um, Songs openly with cussing and things like that. That mm -hmm. was, that was, you know, what I mean. So, you're, you're, you're faced right now with a generation of children who have a lot more real world blasting in their face and streams. He did, <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> and we in a generation that is a that is a no generation, right? I, I found myself the other day being impatient with the microwave, and I was thinking, you know, before this microwave, <laughs> before, this, before this microwave, I used to have some food on the stove. Mm -hmm. And I used to take mm -hmm. 10 minutes and things to hot up my mm -hmm. food. 
Now I call it because the three minutes taking mm -hmm. forever to pass in the damn microwave, mm -hmm. right? And we have a generation now that don't know anything about hot enough food on the stove. About the, the counter, the warmer, they had to put yeah. the food in any warmer, and they kind of, they know everything is instant, right? Information is instant, gratification is instant, everything is instant. Instant meal, instant coffee, instant juice, instant, everything instant. So how do we then try to reel them back and tell them, you know, listen, this information is not, you're not re ready or quite yet prepared for this information. It's difficult. Um, you have a society who's singing, and I, I can't blame them for singing for the, about their frustrations, but again, I say parenting, and I agree with you. Not that I think that, you know, I, I come down on children for listening to it, because I, when I was a child, I snuck and listened to music that I shouldn't mm -hmm. have heard either. But children should always know that, that listen, this is not something that will be appreciated by your parents, right? The, and as you said, the values, the values, the competent values. There's a specific... There's a specific um, theorist, Eric Erickson, who looked at the development of human beings, mm -hmm. and he says all through your life, it's, you, you have various conflicts. And one of, the, one of the conflicts that children have, one of the areas that they call a conflict, um, is a conflict between um, external expectation of the society and values, expected values that parents would have taught them. Oh, okay. That conflict between trying to, to rectify what values your parents would have taught you and the external world expectation and conflict, that, that, that conflict, your friends mm. or your friends expect you smoking a cigarette, right. walking around with, you know, that conflict there, there's, there will, must be a conflict. And that resolving that conflict will help bring you into um, young adulthood and into, in, mm. into early 20s and that kind of thing. Those are conflicts that have to be resolved. Now, what might happen is, if you don't have a strong value placed in by parents, then the expectation of the society... Right, will now consume will you. Will continue. Ah. Right, right. And instead of a conflict, instead of butting heads and trying mm. to form an identity out of that, you will just be consumed by the society. Okay. That is one of the best um, analogies or one of the best ways I've ever heard anybody put it, to be honest with you. Mm. And it makes complete sense. So it, it shows how important it is for them to have a good foundation. Correct going forward so right. even if because for me i'll give for instance i'll give an example with me you know i was a railway <laughs> youth right um and because of how good my foundation was yeah i got in a lot of trouble i did some shippiness but at a point i was some? like hey <laughs> we're plenty but you know at, at, at some point and i was like hey nah boy nah and you know i i found myself just getting back in line with where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And as I say, I, I guess it's that. It's really, you know, it's setting the right foundation. Yeah, you had a foundation. Yeah. You had a foundation. So you explored as a teen, you would have explored your own route, mm. where you wanted to go, your fire, your meander, and so on, or whatever. But at some point, at some point, because you had this foundation, it, it drags with you, it's with you, you know? mm. there's, there's no way you could get, escape the foundation. At some point, you're going to hit a boundary and say, listen, do I continue going this way, or do I accept this? You know, and, and then as the conflict, the conflict hit a point where you have to say, oh, listen, this is what I know. This is what I, 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 society is asking of me. You know, maybe, maybe what mommy wanted was too much, but that's too much. Mm. But what society wants too extreme too. Mm. And you find something the in the middle, ground, middle yeah. ground. And that's who, how you form your personality. That's who you are. You find, you take pieces of society, what they expect. This is, this is okay. I find this is all right. You know, maybe your mother was a real churchy person and 
going out and party wrong and mm -hmm. you can't go out and, and, and society wants you out there. You know, um, your man go out there and tackle woman like yeah. you're going mad. Right? And for you, you know, you find a middle ground. You say, nah, I'll hold out one bird, we'll, we'll go, you know, I'll get mm -hmm. married, I'll, I'll, I'll go have a party when I feel like, I'll dance and sing and have fun. Which isn't all acceptable for Bobby. But it isn't all the craziness that exactly. society wants. You're not upset on many heads. Co yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. Which is exactly comes back to what I was saying with the id, ego, and super ego. Yeah. You find a middle ground. Something that is that is that is that makes sense to you and so on, and you form your personality out of what that middle ground is for you. Yeah. You're not consumed by either. Either what the parent expectation is. Because when you're consumed by the parent expectation, what you find is your child grows up to be very inner attentive, very I'm unhappy because eventually you realize it's not what you want for yourself. Mm -hmm. You are now a copy of somebody else. Right? And you haven't formed your own personality. You haven't done things you wanted to do with your life. You're just doing what your parents want you to do. But let me ask you a question, though. <laughs> Put it into that. Do you think that that is a very big problem in the Caribbean? Because I think Caribbean parents, <laughs> I think Caribbean parents really don't give children the opportunity to be themselves or, or, or to, to venture into what they want to venture. You know what they used to say? Um, if you don't become a doctor, a lawyer, or something else, then you have waste that time. You know, as far as a Caribbean parent would, would well, say. Well, I, I would say that Caribbean parents allow you to be yourself as much as yourself is what they want. So you are free to be yourself as long as you do what they want. Um, but gener generally, I think that... Um, Caribbean youth, more so even, even black youth, um, have a rebellious streak, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that's why it's important for parents to put down, put down values hard because the society and the rebellious side of it is going to come calling at some point. It's going to come calling. Yeah. And it will come calling. And, but when you put down the values hard, you put that hard foot down on the values, um, it's it, it kind of hard to stray too far now. At mm. some point, at some point, you'll realize that, you know, there's a, there's a chain on your foot and your value's yeah. dragging with <laughs> you know, and, mm. you, and, you'll, and you'll, you'll come back. Um, there's a story my grandmother used to tell me all the time about somebody from Barataria. I actually grew up in the area, actually, right? From 2nd Street, Malik. And um, she said there was this young man who started off getting trouble in school, and the grandmother used to go to school and cuss up the teachers and things for him and things and whatever. And then he dropped out of school eventually and he started getting some little running to the police. <clears throat> she would go to the police station and tell, you know, the two wicked or the yeah. police and, you know, make excuses for him and so on. He started robbing people in the area. She would make excuses for him and eventually he got himself caught up in some murder. And the police held him. He asked to see the grandmother before he was um, he was sentenced and thing whatever. And he called the grandmother close to the jail and bit her ear off. And he told the grandmother, that's for always telling me yes. Say when you should have told me no mm -hmm. and given and given me a foundation, you always told me yes. And because of that, I, I never got any strong values, any morals. So when we so when we when we feel as though we're doing our justice to our children by saying yes all the time, by making up for some loss, 
So for example, let's say it's a single par parent family and you figure the father not around, so you could, you know, yeah, give yeah. the child more because of that. Yeah. You don't want to tell so them, overcompensate. you overcompensate for the lack of something. You know, you tell yourself, okay, well, this child not as ac academic as the other one, let me overcompensate. Mm -hmm. Those things really don't do well for children in the long run because remember, you are a, a, a child is more or less a blank slate kind of and you helping paint the canvas. And if you allow chaos in the background of the canvas, right? Um, whatever, whatever, whatever canvas they place over that will never matter because in the back of it is always mm. the chaotic can canvas, you know what I mean? So you want a foundation, you want a foundation basically that is one that, that, that is solid. And even if they become wayward, eventually, I think most times people kind of find and catch themselves. You want that, men particularly. Holy man, see that, anyhow. Don't get into that part. Sule, thank you for your time, Mr. Joseph. Yeah, my brother. Right? Um, just to let people know where they could find you, whether it be online, phone numbers, and whatnot. Oh, all right. So, yes, you all can reach out to us on Facebook, IG, on email. So you can, on Facebook, it's Sule Joseph and Associates. On IG, Sule Joseph and Associates. Right? Um, email, feel free to email us at sulejoseph.associates with an S at gmail.com. You can feel free to give me a call. Um, we work with other psychologists as well, but you can call through me and we'll see who best fits or suits whatever issue you have at 472-5522. That number again, 472-5522. Right? Remember, Sule Joseph and Associates, helping make you the best you you can be. Nice. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, my brother.